Welcome to Scarlet Tavern. Grab a drink, take a seat, and let's begin. Tonight, we are diving into the shadowy corners of Hollywood's past. I'm your host, Caleb, alongside Ben. We are diving into the life and death of George Reeves, our very first Superman. With fame, fortune, and fanfare, what could possibly lead to this untimely demise? Was it the weight of the spotlight, personal demons, or something far more, far more sinister lurking behind the camera? This is Scarlet, Ta- Scarlet Tavern, Mead, Murder, and More. Now, things may sound a little different, because things are a little different. Uh, you can say that again. We are officially recording this live, face-to-face, no more online. Um, we finally got Ben moved into my state, so we are officially live. Um, so, and with that change, we decided to make a different change, and the our new tagline, Mead, Murder, and More. Um, we are big mead drinkers. He had me at mead, honestly. This is also a tavern. And, yeah, I think it kind of sums everything up pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue a little better than the old one, too. Oh, yeah. So, with that, a new logo is going to be coming out here soon. Uh, we'll put that on our normal socials. But, yeah, tonight we are getting into... Christopher, not Christopher Reeves. No relation, believe it or not, actually. no relation. George Reeves, the other Superman, the first Superman. Um, But yeah, go ahead, Ben. All right, today we are journeying back to the golden age of Hollywood, one of my favorite eras to read up on, to explore the life and the mysterious death of George Reeves, a man who was famous for his portrayal of Superman. The um, very first one is definitely the first live-action one. Um, he left a very indelible mark on popular culture for from the lights of the silver screen to the shadows of real life mysteries. Let's uh, let's unveil the story of George Reeves. All right, George Reeves, George Reeves, excuse me, everybody, the mead's already going to my head. Um, was actually born George Kiefer Brewer. See, so no relation to Christopher Reeves, the one, the who was born as a Reeves. Who was that? Yeah, who was an actual Reeves? When I found out, I was like, oh my god, his dad! It's like, oh, they're not even related. Um, was born on January fifth, nineteen fourteen, in Wool Woolstock, Iowa. Um, George's journey to Hollywood Hollywood began actually really early. His mother moved to California with him shortly after his birth. Um, it was uh, in the sun-soaked avenues of Los Angeles that George defined his calling. Before he he donned the iconic cape, he had a pretty steady career of landing roles in various films, very bit roles and everything. Um, his most uh, notable one, his pre- notable pre-Superman role, was a minor part in a very classic film. Y'all may have heard of it. Um, Gone with the Wind. He actually played, um, I believe, what did he play? He played Stuart Tarleton. Um, not, I, it's been a while since I've seen that film, so I don't actually remember what that character was, but like I said, it was a minor role. But it was one that did get him his little, his foot in the door, as it was for his role. Um, but his role of Clark Kent or Superman that actually cemented his legacy in Hollywood. In the 1950s, the TV show Adventures of Superman that uh, catapulted Reeves to national stardom. The show was a massive hit. Reeves became a household name. But, um, along with this time, as he's getting his role as Superman, he also starts um, beginning, beginning a very torrid affair with... Um, the wife of a studio executive, um, trying to with uh, Tony Maddox, uh, wife of Eddie Maddox. Um, this was a notably older woman. Um, they would have they would carry on this affair for a few years actually, um, but then this is um, where things start going a little bit wrong for George in his personal life. Um, he has he takes his number of years with Superman, but that's all he ever gets. He never gets any roles, and he, then he really got. And this was this was big, especially in the fifties. Was typecasting? 
Mm-hmm. We see it with Marilyn Monroe. She was always typecast as the blonde bimbo John, kind of thing. John Wayne was always the rough, rough well, and ready. because he can't do anything else. Well, they, well yeah, I guess. But, um, but, but he's yeah, all... it, in the 50s, typecasting was a big thing. Um, and a man that looked like George Reeves, who looked like Superman. Exactly. I mean, that, uh, he was Superman. George... It's just like the new one. Um, Tyler Cochin. Oh yeah, he, he's right. the new one. He's he looks like Superman. He's fucking great. Exactly. And um, George again, but like and like you said, George was a pretty big guy, very handsome looking. So the studios, Hollywood studios back then, were very very jealous of having their their people there. Judy Garland and Shirley Temple are great examples. They were the innocent little schoolgirl type people. Like they were just these. You never would ever, no studio would ever allow them to take a role that was, say, risque. Like, yeah. you're never going to see Shirley Temple play, like, a call girl or Marilyn something. Marilyn Monroe. You're never going to see her play Marilyn Monroe parts. Because that's what Marilyn Monroe was known for. Exactly. She's always the ditzy blonde, the, the girl. Yeah, exactly. Granted, she, she was also having an affair with multiple famous people, so. <clears throat> John F. Kennedy. Yeah, including JFK, but... A few gangsters as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. A few very well-known gangsters. We will do an episode on Marilyn Monroe at some yeah. point. Yes, just to let everyone know this quick. This is a series. This is the beginning of our um, Hollywood murder mystery series. Where we'll be With covered. a break. With a, ne- we we ne- are next week. Next week we're going to talk about the um, Salem Witch Trials. A few specifics because of Halloween. This so When this comes out, it'll be just after... When the next episode comes out, it'll be just after Halloween. But... After that, we're going to do our series of, like, Hollywood murders and deaths and stuff, which Maryland is going to be one of those. I believe we're going to do OJ, the OJ Trials. We're also going to be covering Bob Crane uh, from Hogan's Heroes, Um, William Desmond Taylor, probably one of the most mysterious deaths of Hollywood. Um, But let's get back into George Reeves. So, Reeves is, at this point, his career is very much in a plateau, or as some would probably say, in a stalling. He has almost, he's trying to break away, or he's, I believe at this point, he's actually broken away from um, from the role of Superman. He's trying to venture out into new venues, and they're just not, not coming. I think at one point he was offered a uh, role as a professional wrestler for somewhere. It was... <laughs> Very, very demeaning, I guess, in his eye, because he he saw himself as a serious actor. Um, but just as this is going on, very like all, um, like all most crimes and murders, this came out of nowhere. So on the night of June sixteenth, nineteen fifty nine, um, George Reeves met his end. Um, George Reeves was found. Dead in his bedroom and his uh, at his home in uh, Benedict Canyon in Los Angeles. A gunshot wound to the head ended his life at just 45 years old. Um, almost immediately, this started sending shockwaves through Hollywood and amongst his fans, um, leaving a question: You know what what happened? So um, one of the first one of the um, First, Pete, first person's on scene who was actually there, supposedly. If we're gonna dump, we're gonna get into it. One of the persons on scene was his fiance at the time, uh, Le- Lenore L E O N O R E. Caleb, am I pronouncing Lenore? Le- uh, Leonore Lemon. Leonore Lemon. Uh, Leonore Lemon was his fiance. She was a well-known New York socialite, bit of a, bit of a rough. Uh, she was a wild one, basically. Let's put it that way. She was known to uh, party really, I guess it was the old saying you could say, the party really didn't start until uh, till she showed up. Um, so she was Kesha. <laughs> the party don't start until yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so there was uh, some guests, some party guests at the time. Um, Lemon told the police that she was in the living room with the guests at the time of the shooting, but hearsay statements from another person, Fred Crane, Reeves' friend and colleague from Gone with the Wind, put Lemon either inside or in direct proximity to Reeves' bedroom. According to Crane, who was not present, mind you, at this at this incident, um, Bill Bliss, uh, another guest at the party, had told 
Millicent Trent, after the shot rang out while Bliss was having a drink, that uh, Lemon came down and said, quote, tell them I was down here. Tell them I was down here in a, an excited state. This is where they everybody, of course, went upstairs and they found George dead, bleeding on the floor. Um, so immediately the police are called and this is when the investigation part happened. And, the, and um, right here we're starting to get into some problems with the investigation of the LAPD. Um, so Los Angeles police were on the scene very swiftly. Initial impressions led, to the, to the, led them to rule the death as a suicide. Um, in, during interviews, they cited reasons like depression over his career and struggles struggles with being typecast, like Caleb said, of being just the Man of Steel. But as often with Hollywood, beneath the surface of all the glitz and glamour, there's a, there's a lot more darker and complex currents and narratives to this. A uh, number of physical question, a number of questionable physical findings were reported by the investigators and others. There were no fingerprints on the gun. That's very interesting to me. How do you have? How do you get? How do you shoot yourself and somehow wipe the prints off a gun? It's yeah. it's obviously it's you don't. Yeah. And I very sincerely doubt that George Reese set up his suicide to look like a murder. No, it it. If you are going to commit suicide, you're not going to plan it out to look like a murder. I mean, suicides in front of people and among something like this isn't obviously uncommon. I've heard of it happening. Back then, though, it wasn't common. No. I mean, suicides happened all the time, but I... It, it, it does, to me, seem like a very odd choice to just, like, you have your fiancé over. No matter how tumultuous the relationship was reported to be... It's kind of an odd thing to just kill yourself while you're having a house party. To me, at least. I don't know, I don't yeah. know how you feel. Um, there's also no gunpowder residue on his hands. If I'm shooting myself, you're going to find gunpowder residue on my hands. Um, and, uh, I mean, so, like, according to, the, according to what we've read, um, some sources contend that... This wasn't a routine um, per, something performed, but this is George Reeves. Everybody knew who he was. I, it's, as you're going to do your due diligence. If, there, if, the, if the Los Angeles Police Department in this period is going to do any due diligence, it's going to be with George Reeves, in my opinion, at yeah. least. Um, now, also, the bullet that killed Reeves was recovered from the ceiling. But, um, oh no, actually, excuse me. They were, the bullet that killed Reeves was recovered from the bedroom ceiling and a spent shell casing was found under his body. Two additional bullets were discovered embedded in the bedroom floor. All three bullets had been fired from a weapon found at Reeves' feet. Though all witnesses agreed, they only heard one shot and there were no signs of forced entry or other physical evidence that a second person was in the room despite the unanswered questions. Reeves' death is officially ruled a suicide, based mostly on the witness statements. They say the physical evidence at the scenes and the autopsy report. See, to me, right now, this seems very rushed. So I'm trying to find it, but it, it would be hard. I'd have to dig through. Um, I wonder if I can find his autopsy report. Mm. Um, I'm sure we would have to make a report. Uh, <laughs> Probably have to make a request through the Los Angeles Police Department for. Um, so, this is a very. I don't want. I, I'm. Sh this is a very almost very rushed investigation. I'm sure the police were probably. Oh, yep, he's dead. Guns there at the scene. There's a bullet in his head. He's dead. It was suicide. Everybody says that he was down on his luck from his career. And his relationship. So, he killed himself. Case closed. But, enter folks, the first twist. Reeves' mother. Um, Reeves' mother did not believe that her son was... At least, she didn't initially believe that her son's death was a suicide. She felt that... Um, 
he thought it was premature and pre uh, and just very presumptuous and too early to rule this death as a suicide. Uh, she actually retained a well-known attorney named Jerry Geisler to petition for a reinvestigation of the case as a possible homicide. The findings of a second autopsy that were performed, conducted at Geisler's request, were the same as the first, except for a series of bruises of unknown origins around the head and the body. A month later, having uncovered no evidence contradicting the official findings, Geisler announced that he that he was satisfied that the gunshot wound had been self-inflicted and withdrew. Now, many people besides the mother also didn't really feel that this was um, kosher, to use it to, I guess, the best term. Um, actors Alan Ladd and Gig Young. Gig? Is that his name? Gig Young. Yeah. Gig Young. That's a weird name. Names back then, folks. They were kind of out there. Uh, were reportedly skeptical of the official determination. Reeves' friend, uh, Rory Calhoun, told the reporter, no one in Hollywood believed the suicide story. In their book, Hollywood Kryptonite, Sam Kashner and Nancy Schodenberger made a case for the involvement, as we're going to go into a little bit deeper into this person also, of MGM Vice President and Notorious Fixer, Eddie Maddox. Reeves had been having an affair with his wife, Tony Maddox. Others suggested that Eddie Maddox, who was rumored to have, amongst other ties, um, to mafia ties, and had ordered Reeves is killed. Fun fact, Reeves has a connection to someone that we will also be... F- be covering maybe not in this series but we are definitely covering i know it's caleb wants to cover it really bad maddox has a possible connection to a suspect in the black dahlia murders yeah Um, we'll 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 probably after this series probably hit black dahlia oh yeah black dahlia is a category and a thing of its own and needs all the attention not just something that we're part of a series i feel black dahlia is going to probably be a four-part series oh yeah at least um so with that as far as hollywood's concerned the lapd and the prosecutor's office is concerned the book is closed i so we're gonna go into some theories but i will give you mine is i i mean i can see eddie mannix being a part of this um it's he was known to have a temper a very bad one, and you're really gonna a man like that's really gonna let another man sleep with his wife and get away with it. Doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for I don't believe it's suicide. You have you have no fingerprints, which means a glove was used or the gun was white. Um, you have three bullet holes. You have one in the ceiling, which what I was looking at the autopsy was to see if they said where the shot was. I found the autopsy. Oh, report. okay. So what did the autopsy? It just says uh, shot to the head. It doesn't. It doesn't. Back then they didn't. So like, if you look at an autopsy report now, there is a picture of like a body on the autopsy report, and basically all of that's marked like what's where and blah blah blah. They didn't do that back then. They just did shot to the head. But the only the only way it could have gotten onto the ceiling, obviously, is if he shot like this. Mm-hmm. Went under his chin, shot up, or into the roof of his mouth, shot up. Typically, people don't shoot like that, especially with a smaller gun. They shoot into their temple. So he would have had to have been laying down with the gun under him for it to go... Up into, into the, the ceiling. ceiling. Nobody's going to shoot themselves like that. And even if he had put the gun into his mouth and shot, that's a small cal. It was said to have been a small... 30 calibers. So, that caliber has got to still go through the top of the skull. It would not have. Yeah. Um, at least not enough of... Enough... Not, I don't feel like... Again, I'm not a ballistics expert, but I don't feel like a thirty caliber is going to go through my roof. Again, we don't know the dimensions of the home or anything because the home doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But... I feel like that there wouldn't be enough of a bullet to leave an identifiable, unidentifiable bullet hole in the roof well, if it came through your skull. Plus, you have two more in the ground. Guests are saying they only heard one shot, but everybody was drunk. 
They did a blood alcohol test on George Reeves. It mm-hmm. was a point two seven. Oh, he was. So he was hammered. He was also no. This this is the other thing is he was also known to play with empty guns, unloaded guns. But I it, his fingerprints would have been all over it. It's his gun. It's, Why was there no fingerprints on it? Exactly. You go wipe my gun. You go fingerprint my gun right now. My prints are all over it. I can't, and I can't imagine somebody at the scene like his guest, his fiance, wiping it unless they had something to do with it. So, um, maybe the other option is maybe his fiance found out about the Tony Maddox, and she killed him because of it. And that is one theory we are going um, to actually dive into because there are a number of theories as to what happened to George Reeves. I I can def. I mean, from what I've read and what I know, I can pretty definitively say it's not suicide. If this is suicide... I wish somebody would reopen the case. Exactly. I mean, if this is suicide, this is probably... And I use this word, I use this term not in the, the way it's me- I say it. This is probably the luckiest suicide ever. Because if he's got... He's, got a, he's twice the legal limit. 0.27, you said? He's almost, he's triple the legal limit. Yeah, triple the legal limit. He's able to kill himself, and that alone is enough there. And he's able to kill himself, and somehow, the physical, I don't know how, I I really feel like the pressure was brought on by, and I'll hold my theory to the end once we go through the other theories, but um, I feel, I can, even just looking through this, through the notes that we were typing up, you can... I can almost tell the detective on this case is feeling the pressure from the oh, top yeah, to be like, to wrap it up, very wrap quickly. this up. So, as we said, there are, not everybody believed that this was a murder. Many people over the years have had um, theories as to what happened, what they did. Now, one of the theories, as you said, was suicide. George was reported to be unhappy with how his career was going and he felt trapped with the Superman image. Um, so... In a, as it says, in a fit of despair, probably fueled by alcohol, based on that report, he probably he may have just he may have just taken the gun and been like, "I'm done," and he killed himself. Uh, contemporary news articles at the time, uh, Lemon attributed Reeves' alleged suicide to depression caused by his failed career. Quote from her, an inability to find more work. The report made by the LAPD states. Reeves was depressed because he couldn't get the sort of part he wanted. Newspapers and wire service reported reports quoted LAPD soup uh, sorry LAPD Sergeant V A Peterson as saying, "Miss Lemon blurted, he's probably going to go probably going to go shoot himself." A noise was heard upstairs. She continued, "He's opening the drawer to get the gun. A shot was heard. See there, I told you so." So this probably. Um, was was probably led the LAPD to initially thinking that George Reese had killed himself. Um, as Caleb said, there is some very glaring flaws with this theory, and it's mostly based on the physical evidence part. You know, the prints are what the print. There's no gunshot residue. There's no prints on the gun. So, I mean, right there, it, it kind of to me it kind of torpedoes the whole suicide theories because how does a dead man clean himself up and wipe his gun clean when he's already dead. Yeah. Um, so, now this goes on to another thing, as uh, some people have delved into George Reese's personal, very sordid life. Um, the, what they call the love triangle theory. This is where it thickens. Some people around in Hollywood whispered of a tumultuous love triangle between Reeves, his fiance Lemon, and his former lover, Tony Maddox. Um, pot. so another theory could be that jealousy and rage had led to it. Uh, what came to light during an independent, the independent investigation was the presence of two bullet holes on the floor, like we said. How'd they get there? Uh, Lemon's explanation was that she was playing with the gun on another occasion several days earlier, and it discharged. And I would call her a liar right there. Yeah. Because your fingerprints aren't on the gun. There's no, what? It, There's no fingerprints on the gun. Exactly. Uh, there was never any reports of shots fired. There was nothing. So why? 
and they you would have been able to see an old bullet hole versus a new one. So, now, when questioned, the LAPD, she stuck to her story of he killed himself because of this. Now, unfortunately, for the, unfortunately we only have, this is the only narrative that was ever copied down. Uh, other, according to Lemon, there were Carol von Ronkel, William Bliss, and Robert Condon were also there when who were also there at the initi- at the uh, the time of death. For those that are older that are listening to us, I have no this idea. This is way before our time, so you guys probably know we don't. I, I have no idea who these people are, and Kale will tell you I love the older movies, and I don't even know who these people are. I have no idea who these people are. So, um, some people have suggested that. Uh, Lemon may have actually been the perpetrator. Um, they have suggested that Reeves and Lemon's relationship was quite volatile, and they were often seen arguing in public. Um, as I said before, her reputation um, in the New York City cl- uh, nightclub scene was she was she was ca- she was uh, known as a hellraiser, dated back to the 1940s. Um, some people have concluded that she and Reeves could have been arguing in the bedroom that night. He was shot. She shoots him. Um, she could have been holding the gun and made a discharge as they struggle for possession of it. This could possibly explain the bullet holes in the floor and possibly in the ceiling. Um, in addition to the one his and to the fatal wound in his head, plus um, also um, the bullet, like I said, bullet hole in the ceiling. This could, I feel like this could be a very plausible one because, again, George Reeves is not a small man. He is a yeah. big person. So she holds the gun. He's wrestling with her. Bang, bang onto the floor. He lifts the gun up, bang into the air, and then she is somehow able to get it into his head and bang. Exactly. Again, as Caleb said, this is a party going He's also drunk. He's drunk. She's Probably drunk. I, I can't imagine she's they, sober. They would never have... I'm sure she was. They never would have tested them. The only reason they tested him is because of the suicide. And the autopsy, because that's that standard thing to do a toxicology yeah. of there. Um, so, another thing that made, that cast suspicions on her was that um, the day after Reeves died, she left California. She never came back. She, I believe she moved to New York, um, and she never explained why she waited so long after the death to call the police, because Reeves was dead for, I can't, I don't, it doesn't, I never really found out how long he was dead for, but it wasn't like, bang, oh my god, George is dead, call the police, it was, it was some time before there, so yeah. there is a time gap between when the first responding officer shows up to when they actually discovered him dead, probably more than, if this is a murder, Probably more enough time for Lenore. Um, Le- I'm calling. I'm calling Leon- Lemon. Leonor. Leonor. God, why can't they just call her Lenore? So much easier. Um, Leonor to um, wipe the cl- wipe the scene clean. Assuming she also may have been like, like you said, there's other guests at this party. We don't know the dynamics of the whole relationship. So, um, let's see. Sorry, excuse me, folks. So. As you said, she left and she never returned. Um, and none of the other guests have ever provided public testimony as to why they waited before calling the police. Um, giving credence to the theory that um, Lemon and the other or another person might have been involved was the angle of which the shot appeared to have been fired. The bullet hole was falling the ceiling above the, the bed. How would it have gotten there if Reese had fired the fatal shot himself while his head was lying down? Kind of a like, like I said, he would he did he put his head under ha- if he was sense. gonna if he was gonna kill himself while laying down I would imagine he would have done it like this yeah where he doesn't have to kind of like maneuver his hand under his head that's under a pillow in Plus, between the, the gun was also found at his feet exactly it would not have gone there if he was laying down and shooting himself um. Another theory equally equally plausible infers that Tony Maddox, the other woman in this situation, in many ways Tony was the first woman because he had had a relationship with her before uh, Lemon came on the scene. Um, Tony might have been responsible, though not directly. She was known to be 
hurt, bitter, and angry over the breakup of their affair. Because this had gone on for quite some time. I believe quite a few years, really. And she is actually older than him. It, She's eight years older. Exactly. Um, um, particularly, also, Reeves and Lemon were living in a house that Maddox had bought for Reeves. Yeah. That's, that's a slap in the face right there. Holy crap. Um... Lemon told investigators after the reset that Tony was harassing him with phone calls for months, so much so that he had to sought legal advice of how to deal with her. Um, consequently, Tony might have hired somebody to kill him because um, her husband... Now, this is also goes into her husband because he was reportedly to have mob ties. Yeah. Um... Had this been the case, it's possible Lemon and the other guests might have, that night might have been threatened with a similar fate if they had said anything. Understand this, Golden Age of Hollywood is, Hollywood was very much, even to this day really, if we're really honest with ourselves, um, Hollywood has always been kind of a law unto itself. They deal with their things in-house. Very much, in the 19, in this time, very much so. This is the height of the studio power. Um... However, there is some doubt to this theory. So, Tony continued to worship Reeves even after they broke up and after his death. For years afterwards, until she was stricken with Alzheimer's disease, Tony sought to perpetuate his memory in any way that she could. After her husband's death, her husband's death in 1963, Tony was left um, wealthy and she lived very comfortably till she died in 1983. Um... So, now, another also little hole with this is, is that this is from the Lemon side. Despite his, um, it, he still remained with uh, Lemon after everything that happened. So, it is, um, um, it is possible that they, despite the relationship, there wasn't anything. Um, although, very interestingly, um, despite he, it is possible he still felt something for Tony because he left his entire his entire estate to her in his will and named no one else as the beneficiary. After the reading of the will, uh, Leonor was quoted saying bitterly, "Tony got a house for charity, and I got a broken heart," referring to the charities for which both she and Reese worked tirelessly for. So that is one theory. Caleb, how do you feel about that theory? I I don't think Tony had anything to do with it. I think Leonore pro- possibly. Um, I don't think Tony did because I know who Tony Mannix is. She's famous, very famous. Mm-hmm. In her own right, she, she was. She's a very good actress. She did quite a bit of stuff. She was a philanthropist, all of that. Now, sex scandals and everything were huge in the golden age of Hollywood. Um, so everybody was involved in one. Obviously, we had the president of the United fucking States that was involved in a sex scandal. So, mm-hmm. um, But I don't see her doing this. I see more uh, Leonore doing this because she probably felt... The entire time that George still loved Tony, and the only reason that they weren't together anymore is because, well, one of the reasons would have been he's trying to the affair became public, which was a big deal. Mm-hmm. She is the wife of the executive of the largest business in Hollywood, the MGM, mm-hmm. how's he supposed to get work? He's trying to get new work. There's no way that Eddie's going to hire him. Everyone would be afraid to cross Eddie Maddox. Nobody exactly. would do it. So the, he probably still loved Tony, but knew that unless Tony left Eddie, which <laughs> she never would... Um, because he was also an abuser as well. Because his first wife left him um, after uh, him beating her. I believe also she died. She died under some mysterious circumstances. I, I gotta look but that up. She, but uh, I believe I believe I heard something somewhere that his first wife died under some fairly mysterious circumstances that they just ruled like, yep, it was this excellent. Well, death. they so he cheated on his first wife multiple times. But they were very devout Catholics. So back then, 
There was no divorce. divorce. Was no option. No. So she finally filed for it after he beat her half to death, and because, of course, that is the one outlying rule of divorce in Christianity, Catholicism is to you're able to divorce to leave a situation like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I I think two things: either it was Leonor, or it's what we are going to get into now, and it's Eddie Mannix. Yes. So as we've been saying, as we've been saying throughout this, Eddie Mannix is a very notorious figure, mostly behind the scenes. Really, he, big fixer. Big fixer. So Maddie, nominally, Maddie Maddox was an executive at MGM, but realistically, he did. If somebody in Hollywood needed something gone, you need a. Uh, suddenly pregnant, uh, up-and-coming starlet needs to not be that. Um, some some two-bit mobsters smacking around a leading lady. Or uh, Judy Garland needs some more uppers or downers. Eddie Maddox is the guy. It doesn't matter who you work for. Eddie's your guy to go f- yeah, and, make the problem go and away. And for, for those that don't know, that's exactly what a fixer is. A fixer still They're still very much it. to this day. They just, They're just a lot quiet, more quiet about it. Exactly. Some of them. But a, a fixer was exactly that. They, if you were in Hollywood, if you were someone in the limelight, you would use a fixer to get rid of your problems. Were you a president that had an affair or somebody or a judge that slept with a prostitute? Well, that prostitute's going to suddenly become very quiet or <laughs> disappear. Yeah, one way or um, the other. And so fixers were, they were very dangerous people to cross. Exactly. they were very well connected. And in the case of, not all of them, now not all fixers are mob tied and all of that. Eddie Maddox was just the more notorious. Actually, more commonly now, most fixers are ex-military. Exactly. Because they're usually SEALs, Rangers, guys that are trained to get in and out without being seen fix stuff like your your fixers are highly trained back then they were more well known for mob especially Eddie Mannix so just to better understand this theory let's let's take a quick look at who Eddie Maddox is so he was born Joseph Edgar Allen John Maddox in 1891 in New Jersey Maddox began his career in the carnival world later shifting to the fucking carnies fucking carnies man uh, shifting to the film industry where he quickly cli- climbed the ranks. By the 1930s, he was a key figure at this little-known uh, studio known as Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer NGM. Uh, one one of the most prestigious and still, still prestigious still still prestigious film studios of its time to- in our in our um, in our time. And I will I will admit, as bad as he was, he brought MGM. Probably half the movies, probably... It, he is the reason MGM is still a big thing. Probably, just because of what he did to make sure all the problems went away. Exactly. Uh, now, Mag's official title at MGM was general manager, but many people who knew him as the chief stu- the, the studio's chief problem solver, or the fixer. Uh, it was his job to keep the studio stars in line and the reputations intact. This meant dealing with all the sordid scandals and all the... Less reputable people that could tarnish an actor's images or studio's reputation. So here's a, just a brief overview of some of the scandals that he supposedly fixed. And you may not have heard of them, and that's probably. And if Eddie Maddox was around, he, he did a good he job. Did a, he did his job. So um, Gene Harlow, um, he covered up. Uh, supposedly, Gene Harlow was a massive star in the 1930s, and supposedly her husband Paul Byrne died of impaired gunshot wound. Rumors were that Gene killed him, yeah. but it was it was it was always rumored that Maddox had covered up the true nature of his death to protect Harlow's image because Harlow is a at this point she is a big leading star. This is like Meryl Streep going to jail. At the height of her career in the 80s and 90s, it's just, no, we're not doing that. Uh, here's one that I didn't even know apparently happened. Uh, I, knew this. Uh, I didn't even know this. Clark Gable's car accident. So, for for those that don't know, Clark Gable, the star of um, 
Uh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. And yes. Amongst other films, he did but a bunch of them. Obviously, Clark Gable was he was the the biggest moniker on Gone with the Wind. He was he, the biggest Hollywood uh, actor, and frankly, which is why dear, this happened. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Um, also, quick fun fact: this was Hitler's favorite actor. Yeah. Um, Clark Gable's car accident. Hollywood legend Clark Gable allegedly struck and killed a pedestrian in a car accident. It is believed that Maddox used his connections to ensure the incident was swept under the rug, even placing blame on somebody else. Because Clark Gable would have been done. Oh, yeah. MGM would have lost its biggest star. I mean, jeez, good God. I can't we even... We would have lost... How do you, I, I just, I, how do you have Hollywood without Clark Gable? Well, I don't know what, even when this was. This may have been before Gone with the Wind. And we, were, we never would have had that famous line. Yeah, and gone with the wind because he ad libbed that line. Exactly. Uh, this the also the um, Patri- Patricia Douglas incident, and uh, this is one of Hollywood's darker episodes. Patricia Douglas claimed she was assaulted uh, at an MGM party in 1937. Maddox and the MGM machine allegedly went into overdrive to discredit her and buried the story. He he would have done very well working for. The Scientologists. Yeah. <laughs> um, they need they Scientologists need somebody like him. So Maddox was very well connected as his job as a fixer and his executive. So he knew and had personal ties with many of the Hollywood press and everybody who was the the influencers of Hollywood at the time. So um, his but his again his methods weren't just limited to limited to manipulating the press. He was rumored to have ties to the mob, which many, which many believe he used to his advantage when fixing with certain delicate situations. Now, this is the theory being here. I, I went on this track to understand so that George Reeves and Tony Maddox are um, having an affair. Now, many people have said that George, Tony, Eddie, and his mistress took Matt. Eddie had a mistress. She was a Japanese uh, girl mistress. Um, sure, it's not his only one. Uh, sure, exactly. Um, believe that Eddie and Tony had an open relationship where Tony was free to have do basically whatever, and Eddie was um, was was allowed to do whatever. However. Um, what Caleb has said is that also Tony is not someone you cross. So no. the breakup between George Eddie, and Tony. Eddie's not somebody you cross. Oh, Eddie, you're right. Sorry. Excuse me, everybody. Um, Eddie's not someone you cross. You hurt someone Eddie loves, and he loved Tony. He was he loved his he wife. Just couldn't keep it in his pants. Exactly. So, but the relationship and how George between George and Tony ended. George dumped Tony. Like he broke it off. He didn't want to deal with her. Yeah. He felt. He probably felt that she was stifling his career, and he wanted to go off in this whole new direction. So he left Tony high and dry, left her um, very devastated. And as much as Tony probably didn't care, or if um, Eddie probably didn't care that George was screwing his wife, he did care that he hurt her. Yeah. So this is where the theory, most of the, the foundation of the theory is based on, is that yeah, he may not have been upset about the affair, but he was upset with how the breakup and how he made how George made Tony feel, and this led to George being killed by possibly a professional killer. Yeah, and with Eddie's influence over the police and all government officials in Los Angeles, because let's face it, Los Angeles does not really exist without Hollywood. Nope. Especially back then. Yeah. So this is where. The theory of Eddie's Eddie Maddox um, killing um, George Reeves comes to it makes me want to play L.A. Noir. I love that it's game. Same, it's the same era. I love that game. I beat that game. I have that game. We have that. We can play yeah. it now. That, now that I live here with in the same house as Caleb, I can, we can all play it and solve mysteries in the in the in the noir era of Los Angeles. My favorite era. Um. So. But, really, this is where the story of George Reeves kind of ends. Um, Eddie Maddox would go on for a few more years, doing whatever, you know, dealing with the dark underbelly of Hollywood before his death. Tony would live on to the 1980s. She, unfortunately, suffered with Alzheimer's. 
Um, and she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and then eventually died from that. Exactly. I and mean, she died from old age. Too. Yeah, too. She was 80. Yeah. Um, but as as in show business, they say the show must go on, and really everyone kind of, and it's sad, really, that everyone kind of forgot about George Reeves and his mark on Hollywood. Although, hmm. fun fact, um, I'm a big fan of like the the Flash and Arrow and all of that. So the Flash, um, they did in the Flash movie mm-hmm. uh, with Ezra Miller. They he did the multiverse stuff. Oh yeah, and so we got to see um, Christopher Reeve Superman. Oh, uh, you got to see um, Adam West Batman. <laughs> well, there was a flash in the timeline of a black and white Superman. Oh, and everybody slowed down, and it looks like they used an image of George Reeve Superman. That's nice. I like that. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Ezra Miller, so I never really yeah, wanted to I see the like Flash. Ezra Miller. But yeah, they they did all of that because they brought in Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash on TV. Better Flash, in yes. my opinion. They brought him in for it. Again, Adam West. They brought in every single Batman that has ever played. Um, they they kind of did all this, but Christopher Reeves, there was a still image of him standing in his Superman pose in black and white. And it spun up a lot of stereotype controversies, the yeah. cast typing stuff. But it was a kind of a nod to all of the Superman exactly stuff. So, and it's good that that we still even a little bit remember George Reeves because, really, honestly, it it's kind of a sad tale of Hollywood. You know, you have what a man who was really never really got to come into his own as a as an artist. Well, it it happens a lot. You get younger Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Great, amazing musician. Unfortunately, her... Her own demons kind of... She it, never really wanted to solve those problems. Same, same thing. Um, actually, we were just talking about him. Uh, lead singer of Nirvana. Oh, uh, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain course killed himself mm-hmm. all of that we were just talking about it because his daughter just married the son of tony hawk it was it's like the, the clash n- of the 90s yeah the 90s royalty all had a royal wedding <laughs> um but yeah so you i mean you see it a lot uh I, they're unfortunately like one of my favorite actors of all time heath ledger mm-hmm. uh all of these actors dying young you unfortunately they go on and people will i unfortunately in 20 years nobody will remember heath ledger that's sad too that's right we will we yeah because we grew up with him but most most people won't remember heath ledger they they won't remember all of the they won't remember kurt cobain most people just wear a nirvana t-shirt and have no idea who nirvana actually is or what it stood for um so that it's it's a sad reality, but it's Hollywood. Exactly. Um, so, as I said before, I kind of wanted to hold my opinion on my theory of this till all the other theories had, came in. Um, I believe George was murdered. Very 100%. Now, I lean toward the more simple one. Could Eddie Maddox have done this, this, and that? It's very possible. Um... But I also believe that we got to look at the physical. What happened in the scene? Um, you've got George Reeves with a with his fiance, who he has a very, let's put it, um, complicated relationship with. Everybody's drunk. Um, George goes up to maybe go to his room to just sulk or contemplate his life and what's going on at that point, which frankly wasn't going very well, at least not in his eyes. Um, Leonore comes in, possibly berates him. Maybe Maybe he has the gun in his hand already. Maybe he is actually contemplating suicide. Yeah. Um, Leonore comes in, she mocks and scolds him, he tells her, get the get away from me, she tries to, again, she was known to be a hellraiser at the club, maybe she, she also had one too many, and then she starts to grab the gun, and then they struggle, everybody downstairs is probably drunk, or just, maybe they're outside, maybe they're just not paying attention, or, better yet, um, maybe, maybe they did hear multiple guns, 
First, I mean, think about yeah. it. These aren't trained. We're not like us. We were, we were, we were former trained. We were formerly trained on how to respond to a gun. These are all possibly, you know, actors and TV people. A-list and B-list actors. Exactly. So they hear a gun. They don't know what the hell is that. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, shit. They go up and see what's going on. Yeah. George and Leonora have had a struggle where at some point, somehow, George is shot and killed. Leonora is like, ah, what's going on? What happened? What have I done? And then they all like, ah. And then they all real. Everybody is, has been drinking. Stupid things are being said like, are we in trouble? What do we do? Everybody is trying. Everybody tr- covers it up. Wipe the gun. Yep. They wipe. Maybe that. Maybe somebody thinks to wipe George down for gunshot residue. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's possible the LAPD simply just didn't didn't yeah. test for it. It is possible, like you said. I I don't. LAPD has never messed up before. I know, right? Um, never. As we'll see, they they often do. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't all been fired. Um. But I believe that is. It's it's fun and exciting to think that Eddie Maddox, the dark boogeyman who makes all of the evils and bad things in Hollywood go away to keep the gilded image of Tinseltown going. But it's just it's it's more likely that it was a struggle over a gun. George died. Accident. George died. Yeah. And nobody knew how to deal with the situation. So, so that's what I think. That's yeah. what I think. Because, like I said, guilty people don't run. Yeah. We, we all know that. Guilty people don't run. And she and what left did, the day after. And she never came back. So that they, And this isn't the day and age, everybody, that, you know... We can just track somebody down. Or just make a simple call on the cell phone and they can talk to them across the country. Once yeah. you leave a state, you're, you're gone. You're done. Yeah. Unless they know... Unless... Yeah, unless and she wasn't a huge name. No, she was more. She again, she was a club girl. That's yeah. what she was. She and this also she, I, now she was an A list partier, so she was with Hollywood stars and everything. This is also where I believe also led to a lot of the struggle because Leonor probably saw George Reed and thought, "Ooh, I'm gonna grab Superman. Yeah. I got Superman." And then he realized, "Oh, he sucks. Yeah. He's not going anywhere." Now I'm stuck with him. Yeah, son of a bitch. So and he probably left everything to me in his will. Yeah, right. So that's the so that unfortunate that is the the life and death of George Reeves. A very tra- a very somebody who had a very brief but inde- very much indelible mark on Hollywood. And um, we are left asking ourselves what what happened. Was it murder? Was it suicide? Was it an accidental death that just got covered up? Was it, or were there some darker, darker motives behind it? Um, but please stick with us as we go, as we continue down this little rabbit hole, as we continue uh, looking into the darker, darker aspects of Hollywood. Um, as I said before, I'm Ben, and I'm Caleb, and we would like to thank you. For visiting the Scarlet Tavern, remember to turn in your glasses, push in your seats, and as always, tip the bard. Good night, everybody. Good night.